but I mean, mine was a medical thing. That was? Yes. You was. had a coffee enter your esophagus. Yes, and I choked, <laughs> and your myself, choked <laughs> myself unconscious, and I drove into a wall. Good evening, Mr. White. Good evening, Mr. Kerrigan, and welcome to Unlucky Episode Number 13 of the Broken Home Podcast. What was wrong with your mic? Fuck to find out. It's just suddenly working. It's just suddenly working. Well, maybe because, yeah, the whole charging headset. Or it could be because... No, no, no. Christ has risen! Oh, I forgot! Yeah, man. It's an that would have been miracle. on my list of things to do if I was Christ rising. Help this guy out with his headset. Well, what's your faith level like right now? Oh, no. I, I'm interested in uh, religion, like in uh, the, the tales. The parables, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Like some of the crazy stories. I want to learn more about Scientology, though. You know, like how all these celebrities are, are just so they're they're hook line and sinker they're in dude i'll like, tell you a little story you're in scientology you better not i'm not in it but i okay. was very much interested in it what was the allure it was i'm gonna say about 20 years ago 20 and... years ago when did scientology start oh fuck l ron hubbard he's an og man yeah but i mean when did he go from writing fiction fucking science fiction to science fiction to, to, to more to... science fiction yeah yeah <laughs> uh I, i'm gonna say maybe late 70s he had to go fucking do his shit on a boat because he wasn't paying his taxes and they was looking for him they wanted a piece <laughs> of the captain's ass or the <laughs> lieutenant sorry they wanted the lieutenant's ass on a stick. So he went out to sea and he created Sea Org, short for Sea Organization. Mm-hmm. And that's when he began doing his, uh, his little science fiction books of oh. Scientology. I but, see 1954. Holy fuck. Well, yeah, maybe even far- farther back than I thought. But yeah. So about 20 years ago, maybe even longer now. Went down the rabbit hole on the webs, mm-hmm. and I found Scientology because I was interested in it, too. Wait a minute. Okay, so what now? All right, let's take it a step at a time. What got you interested? Was it the uh, the Tom Cruise, you know, just selling it to everyone? Like I... Jumping up and down on Oprah's couch? No, this was before that. Oh. I associated Scientology with, I guess... Maybe financial freedom or, or a celebrity status because all these celebrities are part of it. And I figured, oh, maybe these motherfuckers know something that I don't. So I started digging around looking for the church. And I found the church. The closest church to us is in Winnipeg. So I contacted him and this motherfucker was real eager to get me down there. He told me that I could go stay there at the church, mm. live there, make a living wage, plus learn Scientology. 
So financial freedom as in like the, you would just work on their fucking cult compound. I get the whole celebrity status because all these celebrities are vouching for it. But what in your mind thought you're going to get financial freedom by being into Scientology? Like an enlightenment so much so that I would know shit that others don't. Mm. And it was like the key. It was that key to success. Anyways, yeah. So I talked to the guy. We bullshitted back and forth. He sent me a bunch of different books to go over. I sent him some money. And it went on like that for about a year. I learned a lot about it. And it came time for old daddy to put his hands on the cups. So the cups are this meter thing. I'm not sure if it... I, I'm, I'm digging back deep in the memories. Dude, what I the think fuck it's are the Fiatins. cups? <laughs> you did the cups. You said that like it's, it's common knowledge. I'm like, trying to get the, there, my boy. I was lost. I was like, the cups, like the cup of Christ. Like, or, wait, no, Christ has nothing to do with Scientology. So the cups are these, basically these tin cans that you put in each hand. Are they, they... attached by a string? Can I finish? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't believe you did this much into Scientology. Okay, go on. It's part of a processing called being audited. So you audit yourself. You try to find what is toxic about yourself. And the guy auditing you, you're holding these cans. It's similar to a lie detector test, as in he can see like my heart rate or something like that. He can tell when somebody's lying mm. or something that, that disturbs a person when they mention it. Because that, that's when they'll start digging more deeper into it, digging uh. a little deeper into it. Because he can see if you're lying or not. He can tell through these through this fucking tin can contraption. He or but she, yeah, whoever's... Uh... Whoever's auditing you. Yeah. But yeah, so I got up. I got right up to that. I was supposed to go get my audit in Winnipeg. What the fuck? When were you doing this? Like I said, probably a little bit over 20 years ago. 20 years ago. Wow. Yep. The last time I was in Winnipeg, note the time before that, because last time I was with you, the time before that, I got flown out there for the fights, and I just so happened to take a drive past the old church. The fights? Quite... Is that where when you were with Andre Orlovsky? And, yeah. And... Okay, yeah. And uh, I just happened to take a drive past there. And seen their lovely compound. Could you picture so, you and your family living in a Scientology compound? No, it's full of bullshit. It's complete utter bullshit. Being audited, it works as in being able to clear your conscience, being able to clear your mind and figuring out what's bothering you. But all the other shit about the Theotins, or I think that's what they're called, these evil demon spirits that are connected to your body or stuck on your body that corrupt you all that shit the world being bombed by hydrogen bombs blowing up everything like all that shit i'm just guessing that's coming from the wild imagination of mr hubbard well what i'm seeing here is those who go clear in quotations is clear is that when they've given into scientology going clear i think that's after you get your audit okay uh well, those who go clear are believed to reach a higher level of ethical and moral standards, greater creativity and control over their environment, and even less susceptibility to disease. 
Well, there you, you have go. a less chance of getting cancer and Corona. Uh. <laughs> well, you know what? A lot of health issues are caused by stress. Yeah. And stress is something that eats at you when you bottle it up. And I can see the, the methodologies behind Scientology actually being good for the person because you're actually coming to terms with your problems. You're facing them, you're talking about them, and then you work through them. Uh, I'm not endorsing Scientology whatsoever. Like I said, it's complete bullshit, utter scam. But, All right, I'm in. I'm in. But, I'm <laughs> but I can see some benefit with the audit system. And having a clear conscience through that. And now, like, they don't have to pay taxes. Like, it is actually looked at as a legit religion. From Yeah, that's the church, baby. I just want to know, what was it that turned on, like, Tom Cruise, John Travolta, you know, fucking Juliette Lewis? Probably was... boredom. You get all this money. You could buy anything you fucking want. And... When you're sold on something, because all your friends are into it, you're sold on this, hey, you should become part of this because you'll prosper better and you'll be part of this group. And I bet you this, it's wonderful tax write-offs for the people contributing to it too as well. Mm -hmm. So I can see boredom and already having everything in the fucking world that you want and money isn't an object no more, so you can get involved in this little charade. But they sell it so well that you're led to believe, like you're you're in like the point zero five percent of the world. You're above everybody else. You know something that the others don't. You're an elitist now. They're the chosen ones. Yeah. Well, I'm not buying it. This is just a guy. Isn't he still alive? No, no, he's no, dead. He's dead now. But he was just alive not very long ago. And now people are just following this religion. I just, I don't get that. Why did you want to look into Scientology? I was just wondering, like, what the fuck is it? Like, what the fuck has got, you know, people paying money into this? Like, uh, I, I don't know. Like, Tom Cruise has put in a fuck ton of money. And he is at, like, the tippy top tier of fucking... Like, under whatever god they follow, yeah, there's Tom right after that. Yeah. So, I mean, do they have is there a heaven? Do they have is there some kind of like a heaven or after you die? What? I think you go into space because Earth is a prison planet, according it's a pr to them. prison planet. You what? got an audible account, don't you? Yeah, well, there you go. Download fucking Dianetics, boom, you're a Scientologist. Okay, well. Like, so the, this going to space, because I do recall hearing that there's a spaceship coming back. I think that was Heaven's Gate that you're thinking about, because that those dudes that all killed themselves when Hale-Bopp Comet came by, because there was a spaceship hidden in the trail of the comet. Is that what you're thinking about? No, I just heard that there was a spaceship coming back. I didn't know. Ah. I, I didn't know if it was like a, a metaphor for something or. Oh, Okay. L. Ron Hubbard, what did he else do? Battlefield Earth. <laughs> he was part of that. <laughs> and I guess that's how John Travolta, he was in that. Wasn't he? I'm not sure. Because, yeah, he uh, Travolta, I see, see here that uh, 
he joined the Church of Scientology way back in 1975. Oh, wow. I thought that all of these people joined in like it was a fad or something, you know, and it was just going to disappear eventually. Oh, no. If Travolta joined up in 75. David Matavish will claw out anybody's eyes before he sees the church fall. Yeah. He will kill. He will maim. He will destroy anybody. David McTavish is the, uh, I'm pretty sure that's his, his name, David McTavish. He's the, yep. uh, the CEO or, or whatever the high, the high priestess of the fucking Scientology is now. Hmm. Even Danny Masterson from that 70s show, him and his brother were raised a Scientologist. Well, look at Leah Remy. She was raised as a Scientologist too. Her yeah. mother was one. I want to I want to get her book and then read about her whole escape. Joe Rogan, yeah, she was on his podcast a while back. Yep, talking about her her escape, and it didn't sound like it was a very good place. No, no, absolutely not. You willingly become an indentured servant. Sounds great. <laughs> Let me in. <laughs> Because they they romanticize all these benefits that you get. Like the, he even he even states says that he can cure substance abuse with Scientology and cure cancer. I, you, you know, like all this nonsense. Bold statements. Very bold statements. And people, very gullible people, looking to grab onto something in life that has a higher meaning. They they just they jump into it as well. They, they fall for it. I'm just scrolling through these celebrities that have been in Scientology and man, what a list. Oh, I know. It's ridiculous how many people are in it. Hmm. What religion do you even follow, if any? Uh, mainly Catholic, but you know, yeah. I was raised in Catholic school. like So I went to, I think all except for two schools I went to has always been a Catholic school. And I actually thank my mother for that because Catholic school, you actually get such a better education in the private school system. With my kids, I, I, I believe I mentioned this before, two of them are in private school and one of them went to public school. The stuff that the private school kids were learning, like in grade three, grade four, the other kid she was learning like in grade six, grade seven. You get a higher level of education in private school. Me and my brother were public school all the way. Oh, were you? Oh, yeah. Oh, we lived in a small ass town. Yeah, like, you like, don't really got much of a choice. Eh? 2,000 people. Yeah. I got my education on the streets. Yeah. Nipagon. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I was saying, I grew up in the Catholic school system pretty much, but. Mm-hmm. We used to go to church with school too. So, for example, if it was an Easter, Easter coming up, we'd go to the, the Easter Mass and shit like that with school. I, at the time, I wasn't really into religion or I wasn't really into any of that. I just found it boring because I'm, I'm just learning about some old dead guy that I assumed was legit. But knowing what I do know now, I don't have an exact religion set of circumstances or, or or straight and narrow that I follow. I believe in God. I believe a thousand percent that there is a, a creator. 
but I don't necessarily believe that it unfolded in the events of this book. I think that the book was created as maybe a control mechanism, maybe as a a moral code for people to live by. Because you go to all these different corners of the world and they all have their own variation of, of Bible. I think of it as like that game of telephone. They're, they're translating these books, and I think a lot of stuff gets mistranslated. I don't think the original message or the original story is still there. Yeah. It's yeah, been a lot passed of things... down from person to person. Yeah, and a lot of things do get lost in translation. I used to work with a guy that was full Muslim. He lived by his religion as life or death. If there was something that had gelatin in it because it came from a pig, then he was sinning and he wouldn't eat it. He grew up in Lebanon, so that, that was how he was born and raised. That's all he knew. And he kept it up even when he came to the West. Oh, yeah. And he got me interested because he explained a lot of the teachings of the Quran. So I downloaded it yeah. and I read it. And, and you gave him some literature on Scientology. No. (laughs) (laughs) And here, man, leaf through this. (laughs) But yeah, no, I read the whole Quran, and I can tell you that there's a lot of things that I actually agree with in there. I think, yeah, absolutely. Why not? I think in every religion, there's a whole bunch of shit people should take from it. Yeah. And then there's a whole scenario of things, a whole list of paragraphs that I can see how they are misinterpreted, how they are the dark stain on that religion in particular. I can't remember the exact quote, but it goes something like anybody who's not a believer is the infidel and you can kill them. Something along those lines. Yeah. Something along those lines. I'm not, I can't quote it a hundred percent, but it's something like that. And you're doing a service to, I think it's Muhammad. I'm not 100% sure. So any any Muslim folks that are listening, maybe you can enlighten us. You were committing a sin if you didn't do some certain acts in protection of your religion. So I can see how a lot of things get misinterpreted. And there's a lot of radicals that actually follow it in that misinterpreted way. When it comes to religion and it comes to politics, things get really touchy. Things get really convoluted i feel wow they say never bring up religion or politics when you're at like a party or a dinner or something like that yeah i can see exactly why because it'll just start a fist fight somebody will bust a bottle jared will get stabbed in the throat Mm -hmm. somebody will take a pool cue in the back it's fucking (laughs) out of hand real fast when you start dropping down religions yep yep absolutely man i can't believe 2022 we lost George Costanza's mother and Jerry Seinfeld's mother. Costanza's mother's dead too? Estelle? Yeah, yeah. no more Estelle. Damn. You see the Paul Kruger? (laughs) (laughs) Remember when I came into your house and I yelled that and your neighbor started pounding on the roof? Well, yeah, it's just just nuts. Uh, Both of those TV moms ended up dying this year. Yeah. Is Jerry Stiller still alive? No, no. He's out too. I think he went a couple of years ago. Ah. Yeah, he was the best as Frank Costanza. Oh, yeah, he is hilarious. (laughs) 
I told you I went to uh, a Jehovah Witness meeting. Yes, yes, did. you did. That's Tell right. us about that. Let's let's go. I didn't on already about say this. it on this, did I? I don't think so. I was just bored one day, and a couple of Jehovah Witnesses knocked on my door. Yeah. And I had uh, nothing really going on, and they wanted to spread the word. So I said, come on in. They had a laptop, <laughs> and uh, we sat down in the living room, and, and uh, they, they opened up the laptop, and they got Were a... you apprehensive at all at first? When Not these... at all. I was <laughs> like, come on in. Like, what's up? <laughs> of I'll course what... I want to. I'll I've been waiting have... for yeah. you. <laughs> I'll hear what you have to say. Because, like, they're, they're really, you know, frowned upon for their persistence in going door to door. And, yeah. And, you know, so I, I just thought I'd throw them for a loop and, and say, come on in. And You invited uh, the vampire in. Yes, yes. Have a seat. You want something to drink? They, they showed me a video on the laptop. And I was already, you know, a little bit familiar with Jehovah Witness because of an old friend of mine. Dave Harper. Yeah, he would lose his mind quite frequently and go mm-hmm. on these rants. Yeah. And he, well, it, it was very animated too. He would get his hands and they'd be holding his hands up to the sky preaching this shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he was like out of touch for a few years. Well, he, he ended up just instead of preaching Jehovah stuff, he was preaching like conspiracy theories. He, he was introduced to Alex Jones. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so and then uh, after a few years of him doing the conspiracy theories, he started. He's like, I'm going to go back into the Jehovah thing. And he tried to get me to go to one of those meetings and I just kind of ghosted him. And I never ended up going. So I think I might have let those Jehovah's Witnesses up into my place and gave them the time of day because I avoided going there before. Oh, you felt you owed it. Yeah. You, you owed know, it to Jehovah. Got to get it. Yeah, exactly. Right. Got to get in the good books. And that's a thing, you know. One thing that, that made sense to me is like, hey, okay, well, in these other Bibles, how come he's only called God, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's not his name. You know, his name was taken out of all of them, all of the stories, this and that, and and replaced with God. God is like, is actually his, think of it as like his business title, <laughs> you, you know, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so Jehovah is name, though. So I ended up agreeing to, to go to a meeting, and these two Jehovahs, they were husband and wife, and they, they even came and picked me up and drove me to the temple, I guess. Yeah. Or what is it? Uh, the Kingdom Hall? Is that what it is? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The yep. Kingdom Hall. The Watchtower. Yeah. And I, I I'd also had some of that literature, <laughs> the, the Watchtower stuff. And uh, they gave me a Bible. Uh, it was my first day there. So you get a Bible. And then I also got a smaller book. And it's basically like the meat and potatoes of the Bible. Oh, yeah, you got the Jehovah starter kit. That's what you got. Yeah, the whole way. You know, and I learned shit like what they were talking about that day that I was sitting in that meeting was the exact same thing every other Jehovah witness. they They all talk about the same thing the same day all over the world. And they follow, it's like this curriculum almost. Oh, really? Yeah, like they they read and they go through the entire Bible and then they, they, they start it again and just keep doing it. Huh. And, and every single week, they're all all over the world talking about the exact same thing. 
I thought that was kind of interesting. Is it just once a week that you go? Like like how uh, a Catholic I, is on a Sunday, you go to your church? You know what? I Because uh, we have a smaller community not too far from us here called Kekebeke Falls. And yep. uh, they, I believe, Kingdom Hall, they, they split. They have like, uh, they share the the time on certain days. Like the morning will go to Thunder Bay residents. And then once they clear out, the the Kekabeka and and rural area, then they go for their meeting, and then mm. I think it switches back and forth where Kekabeka will get the early morning, and yeah, so is it uh, a sermon? I, I think Can it's twice it a twice a week. I think it is. I, I I'm pretty sure. Is it uh, called a sermon on? I, I don't know what it was called. I th- I think it was more of a teaching. Okay. Or, uh, talk more of <laughs> like not like a ted talk or anything but <laughs> but yeah like uh when i was there they were talking about blood transfusions because there was the whole thing about if jehovah witness uh, they can't donate blood oh like really that, that's like sacred to them your blood from what i heard is like say i'm a jehovah witness and i'm like to the core i i follow all of the all of the stuff uh, i'm a devout you know, Jehovah witness. Yeah. And say, I have a kid and my kid falls ill and needs this blood transfusion. And, I, and I'm a match. Apparently I cannot do that. And I will not do that. Jehovah is going to look after my child and whatever happens, happens, but I cannot give my child my blood because that's mine. Oh my it's... God. Can you imagine having to look at your child mm-hmm. and tell them, sorry, son, will be looked down upon if I do this. Can't yeah. save you. But, but, but what if they're all cool with it? Because, like, this is just what happens. Like, looking forward to going to Jehovah. And, you know, like, Actually, I, I'm I looking at it right now. I'm looking at it right now. Ten-year-old boy with leukemia turns down blood transfusion. Yeah, man. You know, I think that's called brainwashing when it gets to a point. If it's something that they believe in. Yeah, like you a, know, like and, it's and, a, yeah, a, a sacred thing. Like this is your lifeblood. This was not for you to give away. Yeah, you know, like, and and who am I to say God? That's not brainwashing. It's whatever you believe is what you believe, and mm. you're allowed to believe it. And if that makes you a better person to not only yourself and people around you, then I say go for it. But when it gets to things like life and death, I think mm. like. If something can be prevented, you should be able to fulfill that need by any means necessary. Yeah. Like, I wonder if, say, me and my old coworker got lost in the bush, and the only thing around us is a, a bag of some swine, a pack of bacon, anything. Yeah. I wonder if he would turn it down and would rather die or just than consume hold out, it. Hold out hope that there'll be something else. Yeah, that's a good question. But. Man, do you want to go one day? You want to go to a Jehovah meeting just just to see, just to see, just to watch, and 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 you know check out the people who who show up to this. And <laughs> I think we could actually <laughs> uh, just as a learning experience. Yeah. Well, you know what? And it'd be stupid not to. Yeah. Because I I only went to that one meeting, and this is like a decade ago. Yep. Or maybe seven years, be somewhere around there. Also, I was also interested just one of these Sundays, just going to the church right across the street from me. 
just to see what they talk about. Oh, yeah. What? I've been to church many times, many yeah. a time. Well, my daughter would be in Catholic school and they would have certain things you had to go for, like your first communion and mm-hmm. your confirmation and stuff like that. And I, I told you when I was, I, I, I stayed at a church for a weekend in the basement of a church. It was, it was a thing called Tech Teens Encounter Christ. No, you never told me about this. I could have swore I talked about never. this. Never. I would remember about Tech. It was a weekend long thing. And, and the first day was, was, okay, well, just back up a bit. I was at a, a friend's house. And uh, I, I might be like 16 at this point. I was kicked out of my house and I was, ba- I was living at my friend's house. And uh, the mother, uh, when I was having supper one day, she was like, Mark, would you, would you like to go to tech? And then she just gave me a quick little run through, a uh, basic run through, just broad strokes. And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll go. She was just shocked. And she was like, oh my God, I've been trying to get my kids to go to this and they they always say no and now that i said yes it kind of just like opened the door telling the kids like look mark he agreed to go he's going so you guys can go and then my buddy justin his parents found out and said that you can't drive your truck unless you go if you don't go to this you can't drive your truck he just got his license and of course he wants to drive the truck fucking right so now he's forced to go, but he's like, ah, at least Mark's going to be there. So me and him, we were like together the entire time. Like, okay, like, I don't know what's going to happen here. I don't know what this is, but I got your back. You got mine. So the first day was excruciating. There was so heavy religious. And, and there was even a portion where we had to go upstairs of the church. Uh, we're all the pews and whatever. And, and we had to separate and find our own space in this church and just be alone and in absolute silence. There was like maybe like 15 of us and, and the whole fucking room is silent. And then I'd be close to Justin and, and we'd just snicker. We, we got separated, you know, because we were ruining the experience. You, you, could, hear, <laughs> you could hear anything in this fucking church. We went up to went out to the bathroom. We were talking about making an escape, just getting the fuck out of there because it yeah. was it was it was made a, for a long fucking day with all this religious shit. And then this dude, one of the if we were out at, at a camp, it would be one of the camp counselors, I guess, came in and uh, he kind of knew that we were going through a rough time with uh with just how boring and, and shitty this was. And he said, "I need you guys just to do one thing for me." just get through today just just you know and i was like okay all right so we we got through that day and it actually got really fucking cool it got super fun like whenever we went out outside or something or went to a different part of like the church to do some kind of activity whenever we came back a bunch of stuff in our area had changed like there were people working behind the scenes when we were doing stuff there was always like this new kind of surprise. We were always wondering like, what, what's going on here? What's happening with all of these, like, you know, all of these things that are, that are happening when, when we come back from like an activity. Yeah. And, and yeah, it was like, there was a huge reveal on the last day, uh, the, uh, the amount of people that were actually working behind the scenes to try and support this whole, this experience. 
these people that were working behind the scenes, they used to be in my position where they were their first time at tech and, and uh, all these other people work behind the scenes to make this awesome experience for everyone. So yeah, it, it actually turned into a ton of fun. I met a bunch of new people and then lost track of them. Had there been social media at the time, I probably would, would have the contacts and that because we had, we had a blast. We went back the next year and we were the behind the scenes people. Oh, really? Yeah. We Doing were... what? Crucifixion reenactments? No, no. But I mean, like, uh, <laughs> like say like there's like, cause there's a lot of people that are, that are going through this experience. There could be like 20 or, or something like that. And, and you sleep in the basement of the church on like, it's just like a gym floor. Almost. Yes. While I was doing the behind the scenes thing, my buddy, Dan, he was a first timer. So okay. I'm working behind the scenes for his experience. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're hyping it up. Yeah. No, well, I had to tell him, I'm like, dude, like Justin and I, we almost fucked off on the first day. Like it was so tough. And I'll just tell you what, what the other guy told us, just, you know, just get through the first day and, and it's going to get better. Promise. Yeah. You know? And he's like, okay, okay. And, um, and then I guess late at night, he couldn't sleep my buddy oh, he got scared no he just you know, he just because <laughs> he just didn't want to be there right so he got up he uh, while everyone was sleeping in their sleeping bags on the floor and he started wandering around the church and he was trying on like the priest's robe and stuff <laughs> like that and, and just, you know like you know finding out where the wine and the crackers and all that shit was and so he stash yeah yeah stash and he even drew a map right so he drew a map of the church and then he drew out like his escape plan and he ended up escaping and then going uh, the next day we were like where the f we found out that he took an taken off but his parents said that he had to stay the whole weekend so they had no idea he just had to kill time we, we had the movie theater where you can watch a movie for like four bucks or something like that so he, he would just go watch like back-to-back -back movies or i was kind of <laughs> i was kind of pissed because he i think he would have had a great time if he would have just stuck it out for that next day it's hard to explain like why it was so cool or like how not cool <laughs> but it was cool okay what kind yeah. of activities did you guys do like man i can't even really remember there were there were stupid little games like we we'd even play like shit like dodgeball weird fucking games that they came up with i can't even remember them yeah, they, so sort of like like a summer camp experience. You just got a little bit of preachiness in there. It was but, like that, but it was yeah. all in a church instead of out in the bush. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I like going in and seeing what the fuck's going on with some of these religions. I think we should go. We should yeah. go and hit, up, hit up a couple of services and, and see what, come up with an opinion on what, yeah. on what we think. I want to go to the mosque. I want to go check out the Slims. Yeah, okay, sure. Right. Yeah, man, let's fucking do it. Let's go, <laughs> let's go meet the Lord. Just to see. Man, well, there, are, there are a couple yourself? of cute ones, a couple of cute broads at the at the Kingdom Hall. I'll tell you that. I, I don't know if... Uh, oh, wow, yeah. really? Yeah. I was kind of surprised. I was like, wow. <laughs> Jehovah knows how to pick them. <laughs> but apparently, <laughs> like, though, there is, like, this select group, like, uh, of chosen people among all of the jehovah witnesses that that are gonna get that free pass to heaven or whatever oh really yeah like the, everyone else is fucked 
Oh, but, damn. Yeah, man. The only way you can educate yourself is through learning by a book or fucking experiencing it yourself. Yeah, I want to go talk to some fucking whoever just, I, I, I don't know. A lot of people kind of gravitate and talk to me if there's like a social part. Yeah. Like for some reason, like elderly and, and people, they or weirdos. They always kind of gravitate to me and want. Well, to you're talk an approachable man. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> you just so, got that about you. Got that charisma. You just dripping it. Mm-hmm. So I want to, you know, I want to talk to some of these folks and 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 I'll just let them know, like, hey, you know, I'm just kind of shopping around, shopping for a new religion. You know, I've just, uh, <laughs> I've never really been a religious person, but I thought I'd come uh, and see what this one's all about. And, yeah i'm just looking for a lord baby yeah and then watch they'll just be trying to fucking sell me on it hardcore. yeah well the, you gotta come to this one yeah this is the gold package yeah <laughs> yeah man or maybe even volunteer I, I gotta do something i gotta like you know do something and give back even giving back is a big fucking thing like man yeah you know what i got my good deeds done this weekend i'll tell you that i earned a special little place in the lord's heart i'll tell you you that you helped out a santa claus looking guy before that the day before i'm driving up river street hill just after it snows out i'm in the lane closest to the center line it's a little bit slippery out because fucking winter has not fucked off here yet no the guy probably about 50 meters, maybe 100 meters up ahead, slams on his brakes in the middle lane, and he puts his blinker on to the right, like he's going to go into the the right-hand lane, but he's at a dead stop, and then he parks it. So I was like, what the fuck? And I I get up to him, I drive up to him, starting to think like maybe he's experiencing some medical emergency or something. I get up right beside him, and I, I go, are you okay? And it's this really old dude. And then he points at his windshield and all the snow that was on the roof of his vehicle slid down onto his windshield and uh. he couldn't see nothing. And he's an old dude, like really old dude, like questionable that this man should be out on the streets, mm-hmm. let alone driving. You know, this guy is going to be responsible for people meeting the Lord if he stays behind the fucking wheel. Yeah, especially if he's not clearing off his car. I pull over, I get the fuck out of the way. I'm almost up on the curb so people can get around us. Grab my snow brush and this old man's trying to get out of his vehicle. And I say, no, 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 dude. He's holding on to his car door, pulling himself out because like, he is old. And I was like, no, no, man, I got this. I cleared off the snow off of his vehicle and he's just thanking me and he's giving me the prayer sign and just saying how grateful he is for for me stopping and taking care of this for him. I I just tell him, no problem. Hey, I'm happy to help. I get back into my vehicle, and my daughter was smiling. She was like, oh, that was so nice of you. And, you know, that's that's one of the reasons why I try to be a good person is because I want my kids to remember me as a good man. Yeah, absolutely, and then also follow suit. That's exactly right. And then yesterday, or the day before, what was it, yesterday? No, the day before yesterday. I was having an ice cream with my daughter down at the marina. And this other old man comes up to the window and he he starts apologizing right away. And he's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry to be bothering you. 
and he jumps into this story about how he just left his sister's house because she is using drugs and he's been sober for 10 years and he's probably like 65, maybe even close to 70. He's got this big white beard, white eyebrows, a mustache. He looks like a homeless Santa Claus <laughs> that hasn't fucking been to the North Pole and had Mrs. Claus's cooking in probably half a year. Yeah, got divorced and he lost it all. And he found the crack pipe. He's apologizing to me for bothering me. And he says, I got a bed at the Salvation Army, but I can't go there until 10 p.m. And I'm trying to kill time until then. McDonald's won't let me sit in there unless I have at least a coffee mm-hmm. to kill some time. And it was like fucking five in the evening. And I was Man, like, that's crazy that they won't let them in. And like, they, they should make it a little bit earlier, especially think, when it's winter, right? I think it's because he doesn't reside there. He uh, said that he was passing through. He stayed at his sister's house, got in a fight, and he was headed back down to Montreal the next day. Okay. So I said, yeah, yeah, no problem, my man. But the only problem is I don't carry money. I, I just got I don't know, maybe a dollar worth of change here. And he he's, looks like he start, was about to start crying. His voice cracks, and he's thanking me so much for actually taking the time to talk to him, I guess, and, and giving him this buck 30 or whatever the fuck I had. And then I was like, I'm sorry, this is all I have, but uh, hopefully you got a couple more cents and you'll be able to grab that coffee. And he yeah. said, oh, yeah, man, thank you so much, whatever. And then he fucks off. So I'm sitting there with my daughter and I'm just talking to her about the importance of, of helping people. And then I was like, what the fuck? I could just buy this guy something to eat. Why did I just give him some change? So he said that he was going up to the McDonald's. So I fucking finished my ice cream cone, drove up the road to the McDonald's and sure as shit, there he was. Went in, he's sitting at the table, having himself a coffee. And I was like, when was the last time you ate? And he's like, oh, it's you. Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah. When was the last time you ate? And he uh, said, yesterday. And I said, well, aren't you hungry? He said, yeah, but I, I got no money. I got j- just enough to get back home to Montreal or whatever. So I said, that's that's no way to live, Santa. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I hooked him up. I bought him probably 50 bucks worth of food at McDonald's there. Jesus. Hooked him up good so he could kill time. I paid for extra coffees. And I told the woman behind the counter, I said, do not kick him out. He's staying here until at least 930 because he's staying at the Salvation Army. Here's enough for two more coffees for him. Yeah. He's staying in here, motherfucker. <laughs> he is a patron now. Yep. At McDonald's. Yeah. And she said, oh, you're so kind and all this shit. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Just don't throw this fucking guy out. Yeah. And him, he, he, he had the tears in his eyes and he was thanking me so much for being so kind yeah, and helping him. And I just said, no, man, I'll help anybody I can, anytime. I I especially like it when it's actually someone looking for help and not just for the... Drug money or booze money. Yeah, yeah. Now, I was actually half expecting him not to be at the McDonald's because you got the LCBO right right there, too. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. That whole area. But no, man, he was being truthful. And like I said, he's so old. Like, it's it's heartbreaking seeing people that age, after all they've been through in their lives, having mm-hmm. to struggle, not being able to eat because yeah. they have no money. 
you know, it's absolutely heartbreaking when you see that shit. Snowy fucking streets of Thunder Yeah, Bay. and I don't know the guy's story or nothing, so maybe, maybe he did it to himself. But he said he has been sober for ten years. But you know, I always say once I become a multimillionaire, because I'm going to, and once I do, I'm going to buy a bunch of sea cans and I'm going to have them converted into small homes. Yeah. yeah. Small homes. I'm going to work a deal out with the city, purchase some land, and maybe they're, have like a. They're talking about doing something like a project like that. They're, it's called the Tiny Homes Project. Oh, really? Yeah. But what I don't f- know. It's it's not sea cans, but like it's, oh. it's, it is called like the Tiny Homes Project, where they can put a lot more homes, smaller, but uh, more affordable living. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. And this would be self, total self-sufficient with solar panels on the roof, but like those really good fuckers, like those Tesla solar panels and mm. operate the house and you have your, your, a bed in there, a little shitter, maybe an internet connection, whatever, you know, and then work something out with welfare so that they pay like 200 bucks a month to stay there so they can afford to eat as well. And then I always wanted to put together some programs to have them people retrained so they can enter any job market they want yeah. or have the skills or or, and the ability to even start their own type of shit. Yeah. Or be able to even hire them maybe to, uh, yeah. You know, like, hey, oh, you're good at working at maintenance stuff. Well, hey, guess what? I got units here, and uh, they, I need a maintenance guy. Yep. Yeah, I always think about shit like that. I, I just want to make things better for people. Yeah. Dude, I wanted, I wish I still had my fucking barbecue. The, the one that was way out in Kekabeka in that, that yep. house. Yeah. Damn it. Because there's there's there some times that I wanted to just fucking bring a barbecue down near the, the shelter and shit and just start cooking up some burgers and some dogs free at charge fuck it let's do it man i you got the I barbecue mean? here i got four cans of propane sitting outside Let, yeah. let's fucking contact the salvation army just buy a bo- bunch of boxes of burgers yeah and buns and like what's it gonna cost us not 50, that much 50 <laughs> bucks not... each dude yeah like, it's man gonna be fuck all yeah, and just meet some people, hear some stories, you know, shit like that. Put a fucking couple smiles on people's faces, dude. Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about. Exactly. We're doing that, man. I, yeah. I fucking swear to God we're going to do that. And anybody listening, we're going to fucking hear some people's tales. Everybody's got a story. Salvation Army probably has quite the fucking tales down there. Daily. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we're going to bring all those tales to you guys. Well, and there's there's different ones, right? So, I mean, we could even do one like you know on the on the the south side of town, and then we can go to the the new the the new Salvation Army on Cumberland. Yeah, um, set up one there, and just you know, kind of do the round on yeah, those man. nice days. And even if it's not a nice day, we can get a fucking umbrella or something. Fucking right, dude. It's supposed to snow right to the beginning of May. I know it's just starting up again on Wednesday, isn't it? Yeah. Fucking sick. Before we sign out here for the night, is there anybody you want to thank? Anybody you want to give a shout out to? Have I thanked my immune system yet for uh, absolutely treating COVID like a bitch? The whole fucking right, man. Yeah. You, you took that bitch COVID. You put it in a headlock and you fucked it up. You made a tap. Yep. COVID tapped out. That's for fucking sure. Just when I thought, you know, oh, great. I pop positive here. I'm thinking, according to the news, I'm unvaccinated. 
the Lord's calling your yeah, name. Yeah, I'm. I should be dead, and and here I am, with just the minor sniffles. So, and I had ten days off because of it. Fucking COVID. Yeah, I'm just thankful that I'm. I'm. I, I'm. I'm a lot better when I'm out of the the house like working if i'm stuck in the house isolated it's just not good for mental health or oh, yeah. or my yeah my, like eating habits and shit like that i do yeah. want to thank you for bringing me out for breakfast uh when i was able to to leave the house for the first time that it was, was a, a damn good breakfast it was man. A great breakfast and a, and a huge uh break for my sanity i haven't had a breakfast that big and that fucking good and I'm gonna say two and a half years. Yeah, roosters, they know what they're doing. Roosters Bistro. Yourself? Oh wait, are we supposed to thank Jesus? It's we could. Easter today. Yeah. So thank yeah. you, Jesus. Yeah, thanks, Jesus, for not pulling our names yet. Yeah, yeah. It's nice of you. Shout out to anybody that does good deeds. Yeah. Make your community a little bit better. Pay it forward. Absolutely. Next time you're in line buying a coffee, buy the guy behind you one. I do that shit all the time. Have a great week, everybody. Take care. Ciao.